This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the Third Sunday of Easter A reading from the Book of Acts Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and proclaimed, You who are Jews, indeed, all of you staying in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to my words. You who are Israelites, hear these words. Jesus the Nazarene was a man commended to you by God with mighty deeds, wonders, and signs, which God worked through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. This man delivered up by the set plan and foreknowledge of God, you killed, using lawless men to crucify him. But God raised him up, releasing him from the throes of death because it was impossible for him to be held by it. For David says of him, I saw the Lord ever before me, with him at my right hand I shall not be disturbed. Therefore my heart has been glad, and my tongue has exalted. My flesh, too, will dwell in hope, because you will not abandon my soul to the netherworld, nor will you suffer your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. My brothers, one can confidently say to you about the patriarch David that he died and was buried, and his tomb is in our midst to this day. But since he was a prophet and knew that God had sworn an oath to him that he would see one of his descendants upon his throne, he foresaw and spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that neither was he abandoned to the netherworld, nor did his flesh see corruption. God raised this Jesus. Of this we are all witnesses. Exalted at the right hand of God, he received the promise of the Holy Spirit from the Father, and poured him forth as you see and hear. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The responsorial psalm. Lord, you will show us the path of life. Lord, you will show us the path of life. Keep me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, my Lord are you. O Lord, my allotted portion and my cup, you it is who hold fast my lot. Lord, you will show us the path of life. I bless the Lord who counsels me. Even in the night, my heart exhorts me. I set the Lord ever before me. With him at my right hand, I shall not be disturbed. Lord, you will show us the path of life. Therefore, my heart is glad and my soul rejoices. My body, too, abides in confidence. Because you will not abandon my soul to the netherworld, nor will you suffer your faithful one to undergo corruption. Lord, you will show us the path of life. You will show me the path to life, abounding joy in your presence, the delights at your right hand forever. 
Lord, you will show us the path of life. A reading from the first letter of St. Peter. Beloved, if you invoke as Father him who judges impartially according to each one's works, conduct yourself with reverence during the time of your sojourning, realizing that you were ransomed from your feudal conduct, handed on by your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a spotless, unblemished lamb. He was known before the foundation of the world, but revealed in the final time for you, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. That very day, the first day of the week, two of Jesus' disciples were going to a village seven miles from Jerusalem called Emmaus, and they were conversing about all the things that had occurred. And it happened that while they were conversing and debating, Jesus himself drew near and walked with them, but their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing as you walk along? They stopped, looking downcast. One of them, named Clopas, said to him in reply, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know of the things that have taken place there in these days? And he replied to them, What sort of things? They said to him, The things that happened to Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, how our chief priests and rulers both handed him over to a sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that he would be the one to redeem Israel. And beside all this, it is now the third day since this took place. Some women from our group, however, have astounded us. They were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find the body. They came back and reported that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who announced that he was alive. Then some of those with us went to the tomb and found things just as the women had described, but him they did not see. And he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets spoke. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them what referred to him in all the scriptures. As they approached the village to which they were going, he gave the impression that he was going on farther. But they urged him, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And it happened that while he was with them at table, he took bread, said the blessing, broke it, and gave it to them. With that, their eyes were opened and they recognized him, but he vanished from their sight. Then they said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he spoke to us on the way and opened the scriptures to us? So they set out at once and returned to Jerusalem, where they found gathered together the eleven and those with them who were saying, the Lord has truly been raised and has appeared to Simon. Then the two recounted what had taken place on the way and how he made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord has risen. Alleluia. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Oh, Kevin, our readings for this Sunday, they present a 
theme of revelation and how even in the time of David, God revealed his plan for the resurrection of Christ and how in his resurrected body, we'll hear about how our Lord revealed himself to the disciples on the road to Emmaus. But I want to go right into the first reading, and this reading is taken from the book of Acts, and it's something that we could call Peter's papal inaugural sermon, where Peter declares the truth about life, death, and the resurrection of Jesus. And boy, do we see a transformed Peter. Remember, I'll not say. too much earlier, before uh, <laughs> for the passion, death, and resurrection, we had a scared Peter, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. Uh, who denied Christ three right. times. And uh, but yet through the repentance of his sins and then the Holy Spirit infusing him at the Pentecost, we indeed see a bold Peter. And, and I want to spend just a second on that, because remember, like Jesus, um, Peter had, I would call it maybe in a figurative sense, he had his own death and resurrection and through that came closer to Christ. And I just want to encourage people who are going through that process now. Indeed, there will be a brighter, the brighter path at the end of your journey on that. Um, popes have done amazing things in our lives, uh, and we actually have a canonization anniversary of two recent popes. Uh, so on April 27th, um, this was back in 2014, uh, Blessed John the 23rd and Blessed John Paul II were both uh, canonized. So please read about them on the 27th. So indeed, we kind of have Peter's first inaugural message, and then, of course, a recognition on April 27th of some amazing popes that have lived in our lives today. And really, I think in the first reading, he gives such a great proclamation. And many people have heard probably the term uh, kerygma, which is really just the, call it the initial and essential proclamation of the gospel message. And there's, sometimes it kind of varies between seven and eight points or something. But some of the essential elements of this kerygma, that initial proclamation is how God loves you and has a plan for your life and how sin will destroy you. But Christ Jesus has died to save you. So therefore, we need to repent and believe in the gospel, be baptized and receive the Holy Spirit, abide in Christ and his body, the church, and then go and make disciples. So important, those, those basic tenets, if there's not much else that you want to remember, remember those, <laughs> remember those tenets of the kerygma. So that's uh, uh, beautiful sayings that uh, Peter had in that first proclamation. Yeah, they are. In the second reading today, we hear also from St. Peter. And the thing I wanted to touch on with this was how we were ransomed from our feudal conduct and how the precious blood of Christ was as a spotless, unblemished lamb. And remember, he had the boldness, the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Well, remember, this was a Jewish Pentecost and Jewish Pentecost really remembers two things. One is how they were freed physically from bondage, from slavery, but also they were spiritually redeemed by giving of the Torah or the law. And that's what the Jewish Passover or Shavuot is all about. Now, remember that was part of the Passover of the Old Testament. Of course, we have Christ as our definitive Passover, that fulfillment of that Passover that saves us. So we have Christ as that precious blood and that spotless unblemished lamb and how beautiful that gift to us is. And again, part of that kerygma, that essential part of that gospel. And how that New Testament is then the fulfillment of the Old Testament. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. Well, I think we've got a lot to talk about in the gospel today. We see a lot of conversing going on, Carla, don't we? Yeah, we do. In this reading, we're told that when Jesus met up with the two disciples on the road to Damascus, they were discussing and debating. Now, pay attention to this. Jesus didn't ask them where they were going. He asked them what 
they were discussing. And then they went on and they gave him a recap of the events of the crucifixion and the rumors uh, that they'd heard that Jesus might be alive. You know, it's understandable and it's a very human reaction, I think, to react the way that they did, you know, to leave town. After all, the man that they believed to be the Messiah, you know, the one who they hoped would overturn the Roman Empire and restore Israel as a great nation, had just been crucified as if he was a common criminal. Head talk, self-talk, whatever you want to call it, those conversations that we have with ourselves as we plan, make decisions, or even problem solve, you know, they can be a source of inner strength, and they can also become a source of despair. So we should pay attention to the conversations that we have with ourselves and keep them in check. You know, if it's a conversation about a sinful pattern that we've developed, well, then we need to listen. We need to take action, get to confession, and make a plan to correct our behavior. But if it's our ego telling us what a great job we did and gushing about our accomplishments and our self-perceived superiority, or if it's self-pity reminding us of how we've been wronged or injured by another person, or self-degradation reminding us of our failures, or conversations based on fear of what might happen as a result of unfortunate circumstances, or obsessing over the talents and treasures of others and feeling as if we've been shortchanged. We need to end those conversations because self-talk like that can be manifested in sinful ways. One of the best ways to curtail negative and destructive self-talk is by spending time with our Lord in adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. It's an opportunity to be in His presence and pour out our hearts, to share with Him our sorrows and our joys, and invite Him to stay with us. Alleluia. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. Produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through moderndayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.